Looking for a local spot to make swag for your brand, podcast, or anything in between? Eastside Pin Co. has experience making enamel pins, badges, keychains, medals, and patches. Have an idea of what you want? Chris can help bring your idea to life. You can find them online at eastsidepinco.com. That's E-A-S-T-S-I-D-E-P-I-N-C-O.com. And you can send all inquiries to chris at eastsidepinco.com. Mention this ad to take 10% off your order. Eastside Pinco. Hit them up. Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Um, got my guy, Luke Atkinson, what back up? in the house. What's <laughs> up, man? So great to be here. <laughs> <laughs> um Man, I'm stoked about this. Uh, you know, we'd kind of gone back and forth when this was announced that they were doing this show because I know you're a huge fan of Cowboy Bebop. Big time, yeah. Um, we spent like a majority of your episode, I think, gushing about it. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, really, I just wanted to kind of talk it out of like our expectations versus like what we like to see versus, you know, the castings. Like just kind of go through everything we know about what's going into the show and kind of get like our reactions to it. Yeah. Uh, but real quick, here at the top of the hour, we'll give a shout out to Mint Apparel. Mint Apparel has what you need if you're looking for a local shop to do screen printing, embroidery, heat press vinyl. They can even take care of your branding and logo design needs. Check them out at mintapparel.com. That's M-E-N-T apparel.com or on social media on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also request a quote by emailing them directly at info at mintapparel.com. So yeah, man, like I was saying, like, we, uh, I know it's like always a fan favorite because like every time we talk about the show, um, it's, it, well, not every time we talk about the show, but every time I talk to someone, the show comes up probably nine times out of 10. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like, your, it's your gateway, man. I think uh, anybody that I've shown the show to, they're able to identify or, or, or get into it. You know, it's like uh, people say like Catan is the gateway drug to board games or whatever. Like this is definitely the gateway to, to good anime. Like I think anybody can find a footing in Cowboy Bebop and then grow their interest from there. So uh, yeah, hearing that it was going to be on, on, on Netflix was huge. Like I know it was crazy. Huge shoes to fill. Big expectations. It's just man, yeah, definitely. Like it's it's just an interesting time for this to happen because like. I think about, and you know, me and you've talked about Game of Thrones ad nauseum, but like the expectations and the fandom meeting is just like kind of a crazy thing right now, especially with like the way that fandom is right now. Yeah, definitely like a kind of critical mass, you know, like people are so invested in these shows that they really feel entitled to to, to a part of the development, you know, like they, they really feel like the story needs to be written how they would tell it, how they see it, what they want to see. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's just, that's just not true. So, but at the same time, like thinking about how, like you were saying, um, Bebop is so important to so many people or is so widely recognized. How does Netflix 
walk that line and not either like really screw up the show or how do they take it into a new direction that keeps us on board that, uh, you know, keeps us interested in and hopefully producing, you know, like several seasons of the show. Yeah, man, that's kind of what I'm wondering too. Like, is this just going to be like a rehash of like what we know? Like you'd kind of mentioned that when we were talking about what we wanted to mention in this episode. And that's definitely something that, should be addressed like is this going to be like a rehash of like the original show shot for shot or is this going to be a completely different self-contained story like i don't know i think they did well by um by tabbing watanabe the the watanabe the uh the original creator yeah. of cowboy yeah. bebop and then i don't know if you saw but it was like one of the several of the the um articles mentioned that that uh christopher yost he uh he was a writer for thor mm-hmm. uh dark world and ragnarok yeah he's writing the first couple episodes i think i think that's for me is a good sign with yost is that you know thor the early thor was very like like it took itself real seriously um and then obviously ragnarok is like super funny that guardians level lighthearted humor uh and that that is pretty bebop ish you know um there are a few episodes that that are pretty pretty uh dark or 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 you know intense and then they're like uh, mushroom samba is a total goof you know um so i'm hoping that that maybe having a writer like him can bring out the best of those both worlds um and then obviously having some of the original crew on board is going to be a huge positive influence um i think for me it just really depends on like how does netflix translate an anime to the screen, but also an anime of this style with like, um, you know, there's going to be some, maybe some heavy dependency on CGI. It's, it takes place in space. Um, very cyberpunk, very, uh, a lot, a lot of technology. Um, and then also like the over the top martial arts, you know, how does that get reflected? Those yeah, are all the huge Jeet parts Kondo. of the show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wonder that, man. It's just like one of those things of like the style of the show is definitely like the heart of the show. Mm-hmm. So it's like, are they going to kind of stick with that, like that that noir, yeah. uh, uh, gumshoe kind of shit? Yeah. And you know, there's definitely like different styles, like um, you know, referenced in the original anime. Like you kind of see episodes that are a little bit more irreverent, and then sometimes you get like real soulful, like old school detective episodes, like mm-hmm. with Jet. Yeah. And so it's just like I don't know. There's a lot of style and there's a lot of like ground to cover from the original source material, but you're like, how are they approaching this? Right. Is this going to be like, are they trying to like blaze their own trail? Yeah. Or is this just going to be like an homage? And are we going to see like references or like hat tips to the original right. anime? Like you have to wonder like, what direction are they going to go in this? What, what would you like to see? I would love to see, obviously a lot of that humor preserved. Um, I think Cowboy Bebop had, did a great job of, uh, kind of nestling that 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 humor, that silliness within this sort of like detective, uh, crime-based story. Um, I'm trying to think of a like if you could mix Law and Order with your typical Thursday evening sitcom or something. You know, it kind of gives <laughs> yeah. off a little bit of that vibe. You know, how do they hopefully keep that vibe? Um, I, I want to see them blaze a new trail though. Like we kind of talked in the Pokemon episode, the, the detective Pikachu, it's like, um, there's enough to keep the old whole, the hardcore fans coming back. 
but at the same time, like it's not going to burn them out on like, oh, we already saw this episode. Like we know what's going right, to happen right. here. Something new. And I think another point that, you know, just kind of popped in my mind is like, how do you adapt this to like an American uh, consumer? Like the anime was X many episodes and it's done. It's kind of an anime format. Like your American consumer, man, they want to see like season after season after season. Like they want like Walking Dead. It's still going on. They already got rid of Rick and his story. Um, How do we, you know, as a consumer digest that? But also, yeah, how does Netflix figure out that formula to keep delivering new content um, that's going to, you know, bring three or four seasons, maybe more? Yeah, see, and you got to wonder, like, is that their end game? Yeah. We've got to get as much out of this cash cow as we can because that's something that is a crown jewel in the, you know, the the lore of Bebop is that it's just perfectly paced. Like, that's something mm-hmm. everyone always says when they talk about this show of something that makes it stick out is, like, it doesn't feel like it was, like, drug out. You're right, yeah. And so you feel like it's perf- the perfect amount of everything. It tells the story it wants to tell, and then it's right. good. And so you, you kind of see that it gets, like, bastardized, some shows like that that, like, they just run around, want to run the shit into the ground and get as mm-hmm. much content out as they can, and it's just, like fuck man like that's not yeah. good like the 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 quality um diminishes when they're just like trying to run the shit in the ground and like make it like a cash grab like how much can we get out of this because like we want to make as much money as we can off of it so hopefully it doesn't get bastardized like that yeah yeah i mean we kind of see a lot we'll of see. trends like that um the most recent one that i know we've talked about that kind of pops into mind i i don't think that like game of thrones was specifically uh, targeted to make a ton of money, but there was definitely a lot of aspects that were watered down to appeal to that mass audience right? rather than a specific audience. And I hope we don't see that. And I, you know, I don't think so. I think with Netflix, one positive with Netflix is the fact that they have such an incredibly like wide-ranging, diverse library of content. I think they can stick true to what makes the show the show and not worry about pleasing everybody. Um, but I think, yeah, I'll be interested in seeing, like, are they going to limit the format to we have, like, 24 episodes with these dudes and then we're done? Or do they want to do, like, 10 episodes every year for, like, four or five years? Right, yeah. I don't know, man. It may, it may be, like, uh, it just could, I guess it just depends because, like, I think there's a certain point where it's, like, if you're comparing something to the source material, you're never going to, like, your expectations never going to be satisfied. True. Yeah. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Like big shoes to fill. Um, you hope they don't bring it down. You hope they don't mess it up. But, uh, but things that are so like critically acclaimed and beloved, that's like really, you know, it's, it's, it's dangerous territory, you know, for, a for somebody to adapt a story like that. Like, uh, I haven't seen it. Uh, I think by the time the episode drops, it'll be out is the new Aladdin movie. Oh, right. Like, we're starting to get some reviews yeah. on that. And some people are like, oh yeah, I had fun. But then I've, I've read a couple that are like, they completely like took what was special in my childhood and like cash grabbed it. And uh, one one thing that I heard was, uh, it was a term like Will Smithified, which like, oh, I like Will God. Smith. But like, <laughs> you know, they, they were kind of talking about how it was um, like, let's make something for the masses and strip it of its value. Uh, just because we know we're going to make money off of it. Damn, they got to do the Fresh Prince like that, though. Come on now. I don't Robin know, Williams man. Is rolling his grave. It dude. is tough. <laughs> and I do have to like. I don't know. I did mention this earlier, but I, I feel like I should mention it just like as a caveat. Um, 
Like, it's just so tough when it's a series like this that's so beloved. And I don't want it to come across like I'm trying to paint it into a corner where where it's like the, the show, was the cartoon was so perfectly paced that this should be too. I totally am down with, like, if the shit is good, I want them to do as many episodes as they want, yeah. especially if it's not directly pulling from the original source material. Yeah. Because I think that's kind of like what you're mm-hmm. mentioning with Game of Thrones. It was, like, pulling from the material the book, you know, and then when they ran out of materials, like they kind of went off and did their own thing. Yeah. Well, did their own thing with yeah. germs. And I'm, I'm, I'm cool with them doing their own thing. Which I is, think, yeah, which is cool. I think, yeah, like, uh, and I think this could be maybe a problem for Bebop too. It's like, I hope that the, like, the writing, the technical aspects, right. like, like the other things, like they hold up to that standard. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah man, I mean... It's just tough. Like, I don't want it to come across as, like, I've already, like, written this show off before I even saw it. Right. You don't want to, like, set it up not, to fail in yeah. your head, you know? Yeah. Well, if you've already, if it's already failed in your head, like, why even watch it? Right, like, right. If you've already written it off, like, I don't know. Like, people are so quick to do that, and then they want to be a bitch about it on, like, Twitter. And it's like, it's, dude, shut the fuck up. You know, it's up. funny. That's, it's, that's, like, its own subculture is to hate things. And uh, I, I forget where the term came from, but somebody once was talking on Twitter about, like, performative disinterest. Like people who find joy in pretending to be disinterested or hate something, I just I just don't get it, man. It's just I not call my those thing. people douchebags. <laughs> Did you see that story someone wrote about? It was like well, not story, but it was just like a a little piece. It was like fans are turning back into like fanatics. Yeah, where it's like crazy. Yeah, the level of like like emphasis and like the in the investment people put into these things. Yeah. And when you build something up so far, like it's never gonna meet those expectations. Yeah, no, exactly. Man. Like people, you know, it's it's a. Um, I guess I see how it happens. I mean, I'm I'm sure I'm guilty of it too. But it's like something becomes so a part of your identity, you know, that uh, that you're overly critical. And if it's not what's in your head canon, oh it's yeah, not right. Oh yeah, you know, that's and like, definitely a thing. Back in the day, you just go write a fanfic and deal with it. You yeah, go put it on Tumblr and uh, get some <laughs> reblogs or something, but. Yeah, nowadays it's uh, it's so part of the zeitgeist. Like, yeah, people were even you know Game of Thrones. I mean, there's a lot of examples recently where people are, like really mad because certain things didn't flesh out the way they thought they should. And like, I'm I'm guilty of like being critical of Game of Thrones, but like, I'm hoping that mine's coming from like a technical standpoint or like y'all set up some rules in your own world that you broke to get to the ending kind of standpoint. But um, I try not to be the guy that's like shipping somebody so hard and then when they don't get married in the end, I'm like mad show or something, sucks. you know? <laughs> right. Which I really don't see this show doing Yeah, that. yeah. So we'll just, I don't know, man. We'll have to see. But the next thing I want to talk about was like the, um, the really, the thing that broke about this um, thing happening was like the cast first. Yeah. And um, to mixed reviews, I think, but let's just go through the cast of like who they've, uh, they've picked for these, uh, for these roles, and I just kind of want to get your take on them, see what you think. Um, so we have a uh, John Cho, of course, um, for the for uh, Spike Spiegel. What surprised um, me about John Cho was how old he is. Yeah, see, I was kind of thinking that I was like, well, he's a little older, but you know, whenever that when people were first kicking around the idea of a live action Bebop, everybody wanted Keanu Reeves. Oh yeah, some John Wick action. That would be tight. I uh, I have nothing against John Cho. I think it could be a really cool cast. Um, and nothing against his age or whatever. That was like something that genuinely uh, stuck right, out yeah. to me. He's forty-seven. 
Damn, he's that old? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 19, 19, he was born something. in 1972. Jesus. Which, yeah, 47 years old. Yeah, 70, yeah. Had no idea. Jesus. Looking good. I guess. Agile. It's called uh, money. Hitting the gym. <laughs> yeah, money. <laughs> Keep me young forever. That's uh, crazy, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not... I'm not mad about that. I, I like John Cho. Yeah, he's great so in like, uh, Star Trek. He's you know has some the thing some we spots in Star Trek. The thing that we oh, sorry I wasn't meaning to no, cut no, you you're off good. there. The thing we do is just crazy that we typecast people. Yeah, yeah. So we're like, oh, he was Harold Kumar, and right. I'm like, dude, like he was in that movie. Yeah, but that movie's not his identity. Right. It's yeah. like we're seeing that a lot right now with like the Robert Pattinson Batman thing. Right. And it's like that guy's actually a pretty great actor. Yeah, I think. yeah. So he's like, uh, got some new film out. I forget the name of it, but people are like. Talking how it's like masterpiece level yeah, good. I've heard that. Like these guys, yeah, I mean, they're they're talented. Uh, a lot of like uh, guys and gals out there uh, who have either done a role for so long or like a type of role for so long that you can't see them in anything else. Right. And, and yeah, you know, it's yeah, it's unfortunate typecasting for sure. But I mean, we see that subverted a lot. I mean, we have Heath Ledger. Yeah. When do you remember? I mean, do you remember when that was announced that he was playing the Joker? Yeah, yeah. I was, was like, uh, "What the fuck? This is so." Dumb. People were so mad because uh, they had that hangover from uh, Broke Ma- Mountain, which is like I, I've actually never seen that movie, but um, I know it's so like critically acclaimed and a big deal. I remember that was a common like criticism I heard of the Batman movie early on before it came out was like, "How could they cast this guy?" Uh, but like, well, and he'd been in rom coms, yeah, rom coms, and but, like the greatest. One of the greatest One, performances. Like it's like now you can't imagine anyone but him. Right, exactly. He he has defined the role and characteristics of the Joker. Well, yeah, I mean, changed that, the universe it, itself. That definitely happens a lot. I mean, I saw a thing that was like, I think it's like an account that's like headlines that didn't age well or something, and it's like people having like takes that at the time make sense, but then later it's like, oh, yeah. you're wrong about that. Yeah, right. There was a thing. It was like. Um, Disney or Marvel takes a risk uh, casting unknowns for Thor movie and it was Chris Hemsworth. Right. And now you're like, fuck, dude. Like, like I, I could, could not, I could not imagine. imagine anybody else playing Thor Yeah, now. so you're like, yeah. dang, that's incredible. And I think it was in like 2009 or something. So I was like, <laughs> shit, I was a senior in high school when yeah. that happened. So I'm like, that's crazy. But yeah, I mean, it, it just goes back to that thing that we we're talking about that you, people just, it's just innate in human nature that you have your mind made up. So, like, of course, whenever you don't want to budge and you have your mind made up about that, nothing's ever going to meet your expectations. Right, yeah. But John Cho, I was like, that's not bad, man. When we did our episode, um, I was talking to you earlier about the panel episode we did. Um, One of the things I encouraged, like, the people I was having on to do was talk about the castings they'd like to see Mm -hmm. if if they ever did a live action. This was before, this was like a year before they announced that they were doing this Netflix one. And uh, we had some cool takes. I think one of the cool ones that I uh, remember for Spike was uh, Ryan Gosling, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, you're right. So I was like, mm, I can see that. I mean, because he he's got he got action chops from Drive. Yeah. But uh, then he there, can dance and sing. There's, <laughs> valuable. <laughs> there's also the uh, that idea of, like, whitewashing the character, too. Exactly, yeah. So it's like, eh, I kind of like to see an Asian character in this. Because we saw that with uh, Ghost in the Shell, which I think right. at the time we did that panel, that was out, I believe. Right. Pretty sure. Um, yeah, Scarlett Johansson uh, portraying what a lot of people thought should be a, an Asian woman. Um, definitely uh, important to have some diversity, and I think this cast absolutely reflects that. Yeah, man. Um, I mean, I think I think it's a good casting. I like to see what he does with the character for sure. But 
Um, next up, we got Mustafa Shakir um, to play Jet Black. Um, I think he's the guy that's from um, what is that? Luke Cage, right? He's a he was in Luke Cage, one of the main bad guys. Yeah, I, I've like, actually not seen Luke that, Cage. That was like his big credit. Yeah, I, I need to go back and I check it out just for him because like now I'm interested in what the I was previous say, works are. Yeah, you know? I looked up some some clips of him just in that show just because like I didn't watch that either. Yeah, which I don't. I mean, admittedly, I don't watch a lot of those um, Marvel like TV shows. Yeah, and so. Um, yeah, but I heard he was awesome in that, and just kind of like watching clips about him, I'm like, I kind of like this cast. Yeah. I, I don't know. Across the board, I feel like the castings are pretty cool. Like I can see, like the silver lining or like the 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 definitely like good, um, like uh, the potential in a lot of these castings. Jet Black's my favorite character, so like I, it's your guy. I'm gonna go in with it instead of high expectations. I'm gonna go in with high hopes. Like I'm, I'm already thinking this guy's gonna steal the show, and uh, hope so. I don't know. Like, I don't want to set the bar so high that if he doesn't, like, it's I'm going to feel bad. Like, I'm going to accept it either way, you know? <laughs> right, but, right. Like, yeah, Jet's my favorite character, man. I'm really hoping that they get to do, do some cool stuff with him. Yeah, so you, I guess you don't know a ton about the guy, but just from, like, face value, what do you think on that casting? I think it's, uh, no, I think it's solid, man. Um, a lot of, uh, like, obviously, we, we know John Cho, um, but I am unfamiliar with a lot of the rest of the cast, which I really enjoy. It's kind of like that... Um, I know people talk a lot about like Star Wars, early Star Wars. Like nobody knew who these people were. Yeah. And they ended up being great. Um, Harrison I, I, Ford, man. Yeah. Yeah. I, I super hope the same thing happens uh, for these people too. Let's just look at what we were just saying about um, Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. It's like Marvel takes a risk casting unknown. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, that's really like worked out a lot. I know it's a couple times it hasn't really worked. Like, the Superman before Henry Cavill or whatever. Yeah. Like that guy pretty much got shit on for. Trying to play Superman, but he, and he was an unknown, I think, up to that. Well, relatively unknown, but um, I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like if you have unrealistic expectations, they're never going to be met. But I think, uh, I think Netflix can take this gamble right now because it's, uh, I think, in the the grand scheme of things, your your like Cowboy Bebop, everybody, you know, a lot of people love it, but it's still uh, kind of like a niche thing. So you can put that out there. You can experiment with these new actors and uh, you know, kind of roll the dice a little bit and still be okay if the show ends up like flopping or not getting renewed right. or something. But we'll see how we'll just have to see how it goes. I think on that panel episode we did a couple people mentioned other castings for Jet. Mm-hmm. But the one that I remember was um JK Simmons. Yeah, yeah. Um and here I got the picture pulled up here, which I guess doesn't really work for the podcast, but like that. It's oh like there's yeah, there's a picture uh, of him working JK out. J.K. Simmons, yeah. yeah just Google yeah, no, buff. I can see that. Buff uh, J.K. Simmons, just Google that. Dye that long beard black. He's I'm saying, I'm like, bald, get pretty the good. scar in, you know, yeah. So that would have been cool, but I uh, I don't know, man. Does it's, Jed have the robotic arm in the Netflix series? Uh, see, that's another thing. You're like, dang, do they carry that over? Yeah. Is it going to be like the ISSP background? Mm-hmm, right. Is, is there, does the syndicate, obviously you think the syndicate's going to be involved somehow yeah. because Vicious is cast. So you're like. Or does that get adapted to that American audience again? You oh, know, like maybe, do the yeah. ISSP become some more other for like a, a, a branch know. of government or law enforcement or. Could be. Yeah. They just make it completely like earth. It's like. He's in the FBI or something. I would be genuinely disappointed. I would be pretty bummed. Earthbound. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cowboy Bebop, but only on Earth. We're not on space. We're actually cowboys. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's Westworld. Uh, the Earth is in space, I guess. So, <laughs> Yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, 
yeah, I mean, that was a casting I thought was interesting. Like, like I said, I don't know a ton about the guy, but I was like, eh. Yeah. Um, so next we got Daniela Pineda. Um, she was in, um, she was in Jurassic World, I believe. Um, but she's cast to play, uh, Faye Valentine. Yeah. She's in the Fallen Kingdom and in a movie called The Detour and Inside Amy Schumer, I guess. But, um, so yeah, like we said earlier, like a relatively not well-known person. Um, and I don't know if we're thinking about, if we're talking about this, the, the show, the anime, it's tough to try to find a person like Faye in the show that yeah. you think would fit well mm-hmm. in real life. And so um, I think Jamie Alexander's who we had mentioned. Um, she's in like Blind Spot. I think yeah. The, is that the girl with all the tattoos? Uh, yeah. Uh, was that called it's, called, it's called Blind Spot or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that someone, NBC show or something? So, yeah. yeah. Someone yeah. mentioned her as Faye. I was like, oh, that's kind of good. But I don't know, man. I um, I haven't seen a lot of that. Um, stuff that she was in, but like I said, with like a with all these people, I kind of tried to look up some stuff that they were mm-hmm. in, and like I don't know, man, I'm I'm kind of fucking with it. Really, like across the board, I'm pretty happy with like the castings, and yeah. I'm like more so like excited to see like like I was saying earlier their potential. But what yeah. did you think on this casting? Um, no, I thought it was another good one. I thought uh, for me, I was interested in how they adapt Faye from the anime over because we right. got to remember this is like '98. No, I'm sorry. Um, it was uh, uh, 88. What? No, it, was, it came it was out nice. in 98, 98, I think. And then I think it showed in, well, I think it first maybe showed in the United States in 01. Yeah. I can't remember. It's um, definitely like a different time, you know? Uh, the character of Faye was very sexualized. And a lot of the time that damsel in distress, who so a few times in the show, like, defied the men but then ultimately I mean there were a couple episodes where she relied on the men and I know that's you know that's definitely something that we kind of look at as a society today um so I wonder how they'll adapt that character to to the Netflix series yeah man we'll just have to see yeah we'll see and kind of the expectation of like how does her story going to fit in because like if they do a whole new thing I don't know I'm excited either way because like if they're kind of really sticking with like the roots of like the show, I'm excited to see how they execute that. But if they're blazing their own new thing, like I'm stoked to see like, damn, what new yeah. thing could they possibly think up? Like, yeah, Faye's I'm stoked story. either way. Yeah, her yeah, story like, is very unique. How it fits it's, in, uh, yeah. You know, it's, uh, she's, uh, you know, uh, in a, what's it, cryostasis basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. you know, it's a very elaborate. Like Walt Disney. I wonder if they'll stay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wonder if they'll stick to, yeah, yeah, like, like either stick to that or do something new, maybe cut out that stasis part, but keep in her, her connection for me was more of that, um, like in a, in a film noir where you have like the gambling debt that ties in that sort of kind of like, uh, underworld of crime. Um, that was her role for me. So yeah, yeah. I wonder if they'll, they'll remove some of those like more intense aspects and just stick to kind of like a generic story. Um, Yeah. No, yeah, man. I, it, like I was saying earlier, like it's just hard for me not to be excited either way because either way, like they're gonna adapt the story that I love, or they're gonna blaze a new trail with like a completely new story that's like, oh shit, like what could mm-hmm. we expect? So I'm excited either way, man. Um, so the next casting um, is uh, Alex Hassel. Um, admittedly, he's the one that I know the least about. Um, 
I know he's gonna he's he's cast to be like in a new Amazon series, The Boys. Um he was in uh Genius uh season two. Um I don't know, man. It's like something he's he's the one, like I said, I know the least about. Um, but he's cast to play Vicious. Yeah. So I'm definitely stoked to see like the dynamic and how it's gonna work in this series because that's that story is like the through line of the anime. It's like mm-hmm. I don't know. We 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 talked about it before, and like I said, Bebop comes up almost every episode. Like, so we've pretty much covered every topic, like ad nauseum. But um, one of the interesting things that have stuck out through one of the conversations was like Spike has always had like this devil may care. Like, he's just like doesn't really. He's like eh. Like we're in a waking dream. Like yeah. nothing matters. But like the one thing that like will perk him up, or I guess there's two things that you can do to like just have him on edge because if you mentioned vicious or if you mentioned Julia mm-hmm. and so I'm interested to see if that carries over like that. It's such a strong dynamic that I don't see them not like pursuing that in some way, uh, whether or not that's like in the traditional way that we've seen in the anime mm-hmm. that's to be seen. But what do you think about that? man? So I think uh, like in the anime, we can see a lot of good examples, a lot of episodes where spike doesn't necessarily need vicious, like he's still able to stand alone and do his own thing, and it's a good episode. You know, you can get into it, but uh, I think for this Netflix audience, and definitely true of the show too. Um, you know, Batman has the Joker. I think you need like like Spike needs a vicious. Like he needs that um, that character that kind of you know offsets his, or 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 in their case, kind of like complements the the characters kind of complement each other, which I guess is you know um, shown in their relationship in, in like flashbacks and stuff. Uh, when they were buds, but it's like, uh, you know, they, those two characters kind of exist together in a way. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be really cool to see how they make that happen, what that dynamic is. And, you know, again, in like an anime, you can kind of take those one-off episodes and do something completely unrelated and still have a good time and still enjoy the episode, uh, make it fit in the canon. But like in a Netflix series, in your typical like American TV model, I guess, would be, uh, you know, it's a constant, the the bad guy does something that influences the good guy, that yeah. influences the bad guy, that influences, you know, and it's the, that cycle of uh, of the antagonist and the protagonist and how their stories, you know, meld together and work off of each other. So uh, I feel like this Vicious is going to have to be, you know, a pretty prominent character, maybe more so than what was in the uh, anime, Yeah, you I know? can see that, yeah, because he's not, I mean, he's like... Uh, He's a known character in the show, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, he's not in like every episode or, or his actions aren't dictating what Spike and the gang are doing. Right. Well, you mentioned, you bring up a good point because it's like, as far as like the narrative, are we going to see more of like a a through line of like, we're going to A to B and every episode's sequential? Mm-hmm, or right. is it going to be more of like, is it going to do that? And then also like the anthology style that they do stuff like Toys in the Attic. Right. Where it's like one-off episodes or mm-hmm. a mad mad puro stuff like that, right? Yeah, and you're like, uh, or what is it, puro lefou? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so you got to think, like, man, is there going to be like stuff like that? With you know, all built around this narrative that's like the through line of them ultimately trying to complete some sort of mission or some end goal, or is it going to be just like a traditional like, you know, here's every episode. And we just go in order like this, like a traditional mm-hmm. show. I don't, I don't know, man. Yeah. And, you know, on top of that, too, is like what genres are they going to stay true to? Right. Because um, we mentioned all like how 
the show itself, the 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 source, the original source material is like very like I don't know. It's not like um, random, but there's it kind of is easily able to jump back and forth between different styles. Yeah, you have like this overarching idea that uh, you know the, the influence of music. Music's a big influence, but then um, even in the episode titles like Toys in the Attic, like they're all, you know, music titles, but uh, like Pierre LeFou uh, is very inspired oh, by yeah. certain types of horror. Uh, Jet's stories are old school Black film Black Dog war, Serenade. You know, exactly. And so you have like that through line, like you're saying, yeah. titles that are based on music. So like what's going to inspire this iteration of Cowboy Bebop? Are we going to be looking more like some Jordan Peele type horror in a few episodes? Or, uh, you know, what? what is that major influence on this show that I think is so present and necessary to the series. Yeah, I think the, you know, the original anime is just so heavily influenced by the Western Mm -hmm. style and, like, ideas. And, you know, you see it, like we were saying, um, through, like, the episode titles, um, the subject material. Um, Man, it's just, I don't know, it's an interesting amalgamation of styles that is done in a way that's super, like, um, like executed in a great way that feels cohesive. It never feels like it's just like shit coming out of left field or anything. Yeah. And so I don't know, man. It, there's a lot to be expected, and I think you know there's a lot to look forward to. But if we just kind of keep like an open mind and like don't make our minds up before we even see a fucking episode, I think that we could be in store for like a really cool show. Yeah, no, I think so too. Um. Any casting news on Ed? I still haven't a mystery? seen any. I haven't seen any. We did see Ayn was cast as a, a husky, right? Oh, really? I didn't see yeah, that. Yeah, okay. I saw I'd seen a report. I'm, I have to probably need to verify that. But um, yeah, I'd seen something that they were um, they had cast um, a different kind of dog because it's so iconic that that um, Ayn is a uh, you know the corgi, and that's like the whole thing is like yeah. I can't, you can't imagine any uh, any other dog being um, Ayn. But um, someone did mention something about um, why that might have changed and made sense to me because it's like if uh, just like from style, from like a shooting standpoint, because animation is so different than yeah. actual like live action, um, the way that they would have to film things if the dog was much shorter like a corgi mm-hmm. would be different than if they had a taller dog that could be in frame better like a husky. Right. So Good that like I was Scooby-Doo like... Scooby-Doo effect. Like, like Scooby-Doo was big enough to be in the, the frame with Shaggy, but like, you know, a foot tall corgi. Yeah, see, that's what that. I'm saying. Like, um, it's just interesting, man. So that's still... T- I don't know, man. I, don't I know, know we were uh, kicking around like Millie Bobby Brown, but uh, I think uh, that might, Ed. She, she, she might be too much money... Yeah, at this point, the omission of Ed is interesting, though. Yeah, but I've seen a lot of people with takes of saying, like, you know, really in a way, she's not integral to like the narrative. And yeah. I was like, man, like, I know so many people that are like super bummed about yeah. Ed not being cast. So, what do you think about that? So, there's a level of like comic relief that I think Ed serves as. Which, if you had to get rid of it, I could see you could. But at the same time, like, there are a lot of like. Uh, I mean, they rely upon it's. It's almost like for me, it's like um, like Data in Star Trek: The Next Generation. Like the dude's around as a background character, but it ends up saving the day a lot. And I think the same thing is in in Cowboy Bebop. You have uh, 
uh, Ed is able to crack codes or get them leads uh, while providing that comic relief. And then has her own story too. Um, you know, in the end of the show, to find uh, the dad character uh, on, on Earth, um, you know, that was an interesting storyline too. Uh, yeah, someone had um, um, talked about an interesting way that they could have included Ed and it was as a as a uh, like a Jarvis type character AI, from Iron yeah. Man, and someone said it, like a, a uh, electronic database Ed hmm. Ed. Yeah, and okay. I was like, dude, that's that's not bad. That's, yeah, I can see that. I was like, that's cool. It's yeah. like uh, Sarah in Toonami. Was that her name? Like the AI that's in Toonami. I, I don't oh, know why gosh. Sarah. Popped yeah, in Tom the robot and uh, I can't oh, remember, man. but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, but. That AI and how it's like a female character, um, I would that would be a really cool way for them to include that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, but I just don't know why they wouldn't have announced it already. But also, I don't yeah. see them having Ayn and not having it. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think I think maybe the the lack of announcement is because they're setting up. Maybe it's a bigger reveal. Maybe it's a big star or, or, or something. Maybe that'd be lit. Maybe it's like an older person. Maybe they're not going to stick with the child vibe anymore or something. I don't, I don't know. Huh. Eddard Stark. <laughs> That's Sean, Sean Bean. Bean, baby. That would be sick. Wouldn't that be sick? <laughs> he would die in the first episode. Yeah, probably. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I think, you know, there's just a lot of things to be excited about with this show. And I really just wanted to take some time to kind of like, you know, talk it out what we think mm-hmm. is going to be um, covered in the show, what direction it's going to go. Was there anything else you wanted to add? Just, uh, you know, I was just thinking about the Lost in Space that Netflix recently adapted. Yeah. Some major changes in that show. Um, for me, some of it worked, and for me, some things didn't. But uh, but I think we might expect that same level of, you know, change or at least risk-taking. Um, so, yeah, maybe it's going to be totally wild, totally different. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah, and it's like I said earlier, like, I'm excited either way because, um, you know, it's cool to see, like, that story you love and, to me, I'm very interested in how like adaptations like this try to execute those things that we know. And um, but you know, like I was saying earlier, if if they're coming with like a completely different story, then that's tight too. Yeah. But yeah, I definitely think that something would be lost if they didn't um, keep some of the stuff. Yeah. But you know, you can't really say for sure because it's like you don't know how they're doing it. And but I do know that having uh, Watanabe on mm-hmm. as a consultant um, is definitely, definitely helping. Help. And I do like the guy um, that wrote Thor that's like working on a couple episodes. I like to see who maybe is directing some of the other episodes. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know, man, because it's just tough because you don't you also don't know like you can see stuff that they've done, but that doesn't that's not really an indicator of like how this is going to be like a new right. thing. You're yeah. like, okay, they've done this. And I guess if you generally liked or disliked it, and from that angle, you would know like, oh, okay, well, I like what they do, so I'm probably gonna like this. Yeah. But from like a thematic and source um, standpoint, I don't think there's really any way that you would know that if it's gonna be something that you enjoy or not until you right. watch it. So. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that's the point: is giving it a chance and checking it out, and like just giving it a fair shake, just not writing it off before you even watched an episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool, man. Well, thanks for stopping by, man. Yeah, I, uh, I've wanted to talk about it for sure uh, before it came out and just kind of get like our expectations and, you know, really talk through some of these choices and what we're wanting to expect. So 
appreciate you coming through. Why don't you tell people where they can follow you on social media or uh, keep up with your projects, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Follow me on uh, Twitter, at LukeOKC. Uh, you can hit me up on Instagram, uh, I am Luke A. Uh, I'll be at uh, OklahomaContemporary.org uh, sharing some of their projects and doing stuff like that. But uh, other than that, where else am I? Tunes, Tunes Podcast, baby. Tunes, Tunes Podcast, obviously. I have Luke on all the time. I feel like I have like the same <laughs> rotating cast of people that I'm like, hey, man, come talk to me for we a We got to live hours. in our bubble, right? <laughs> for sure. No new friends, man. If you want to be a guest on Toons Tunes, write Harold ad. You should. <laughs> I never, Are you an anime nerd? We're putting an ad right now. Do you I think- never do that. I did do, we did like that retrospective episode where I was kind of looking back at like the people I've had on and stuff. And I realized I've never done like a call to action like that where I was like, what do you, what would you like to hear? So I want to see somebody just like flame us. Like you guys are so stupid. Y'all are fucking stupid. Those takes are shit. Put me on your show. <laughs> you idiot. That'd be tight. Yeah. I will have literally anyone on the show. So if you want to be on the show. Just show up at the door Tuesdays at seven. Get your fucking guy up. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit. If I, uh, yeah. Sometimes I, won't, I might not answer the door. So just like come up the back way. <laughs> and even if it doesn't look like me, it probably is me. It's, uh, yeah, for people who don't know us in real life, imagine what you think we look like by the sound of our voice, and you're probably right. Yeah. For mine, just add like 50 pounds, and then for Luke, <laughs> we're like Laurel and Hardy. People have confused we look like us for and brothers. Hardy. Yeah, I look like, well, you, uh, that is true. I think Kayla thought we were brothers. I think so too, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's funny, man. Like, we look like Laurel and Hardy if they had beards. Yeah, I can see that, I guess. <laughs> anyway, guys, you can always follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>